Poaching into the in broad strokes. Okay. okay. Just for the teachable moment, no shame. Yeah. Nobody's being shamed. Okay. But for the teachable moments about how we can sometimes be self absorbed in moments where we don't realize that we might be causing harm or inconvenience to others. So graceful. <laughs> Every time you say that, it's always like in the African American like adage of "couldn't be me." <laughs> you better than me. <laughs> it is the latter part in particular. You're yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so gracious. Yeah, yeah. That means, girl. You sure you don't want to hit somebody? Listen, David, you sound amazing. I don't feel it. I was trying to take a nap before, couldn't go to sleep, and then Dre's ass lays down and goes right to sleep. I was jealous. Dre is such a tender lovely human yeah. i would love to live in the whatever bubble he's living in yeah he met my mom so this he's the first man that my mother's ever met are you serious and the last time you were here you were single i was how about that look at the trajectory of the show how about that so i'm going to receive that the next time you're here <laughs> i won't be single anymore Let, yes do that. i like yes, the way this yes, is evolving for yes. those of you who are hearing two voices one lovely one not so much <laughs> the first one is david john's doctor Hey! Put some respect on his name. Pew 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 pew. I love it. Yeah, Doctor David Johns. I'm so freaking proud of you. Thank you for it. I get giddy. Like I had a visceral <laughs> reaction saying "Doctor" just now. How about that? As you can hear, uh, I don't sound like my usual self, and that is because Doctor David Johns, in all his bougie splendor, still is the friend yes. that I do ratchet things with. Yes. And yesterday we had a very full, like it was a very what's the word balanced day because we started off the I like day. Balance. Um, doing something really great by going to can't cancel pride correct the recording um and you're gonna be the you're the first guest for pride month because hey duh why not um and can you tell everybody what happened with can't cancel pride at the recording and the flex about why you were there in the stands yeah 10 15 deep stealing the show yeah um <laughs> so can't cancel pride for folks who don't know is an annual event uh, produced by Procter and Gamble and iHeartRadio in partnership, and the thing that I love about it is that NBC all I heard was C, money. But go ahead, lots of money, right? PNG <laughs> is a global right brand, um, but they have six organizations that they invest in and take the opportunity to use the show to provide a platform for people to learn about the work. So there are organizations like the Trevor Project, which provides mental health support and really suicide mm -hmm. prevention um, services to young people, LGBTQIA plus or queer people. Um, and NBJC, the organization that I have the pleasure of quarterbacking, um, is the National is the Black Justice Coalition. You better say the full yes, thing. National Black Justice Coalition. Um, and so yesterday was really dope for me um, for three reasons. One is the show started with Big Frida. Oh my anything God. Anything that Big Frida does. Big Frida is the reason I have no voice. That part. There was one part where I was screaming for her <laughs> and I said, bitch, you know how this ends. Right. And I still found myself screaming. Fuck it up, sis. That's it. Fuck it up. It's also hard to be in a space with Big Frida doing her thing where you also don't get into it, right? And so the second reason was because uh, my friends and colleagues and family joined. My sister, my niece were there. Um, and I don't get to spend as much time with them, right? Like my sister. I love your sister's spirit. Yeah, she's good people. You are the same person. Like it's just you with a wig, right? Like <laughs> you're the same person. Like the 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 facial features. I'm like that's yeah. 
Yeah. You're the same person. Yeah. She acts and like you too. It that, was so fun. And interesting enough, growing up, people thought we had different uh, parents. How? Mostly because I'm lighter skinned and she's But they can't brown. see her? <laughs> does colorism yeah, make you blind? Interestingly enough, it does for a lot of people. Colorism came up in my um, dissertation. It was one of the biggest surprises. Um, so th that was really important. Um, and then it was just really nice to be in a space with physical people to talk about pride because yeah. when we were first invited to join um, the team, it was all virtual. So for the last two years, they've been virtual events. This is the first time that they were able to record. So it was really, really good energy. And you were one of the six organizations that they were championing. Yes. And they cut you guys generous, handsome checks. Yes. They invest in the work and we appreciate them for it. I love seeing good causes get resources. Yeah. Because I always feel like the person with lots of contact, I'm, I'm content, but like no resources or yeah. no no team. Yeah. And so to see those two things collide, yeah. I was so thing. proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We that. did scream extra loud when your turn came. Yes, we did. We were the loudest of all of the groups to be, yeah. We were the loudest. They, the way that yeah. they had it was there was the younger kids in the front because they were supposed to be the rah, 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 rah in the right. front. The TRL. Right, the TRL group. group. Right. And then we were higher up, you know, getting charcuterie plates served <laughs> to us and drinking from the open bar. Yeah, their craft services were on point. Oh, whoever yeah. did the catering. Yeah. It was busting. Yeah. And then, so I think they thought the kids would be acting a fool. And it was us. And we'd be sipping. Yeah. The kids were looking towards us like, Right. Well, that's also Who's why. What was the lady who we learned? Um, the my coconuts. You could put it in your mouth. Put them in your mouth. Put them in your mouth. Yes, I can't think of her name. Her name is Kim. Kim Patrell. Okay, that's something. Yes. Her name was Kim somebody. Okay, Kim P. Kim P. Dope song. And then we ended up singing it back to her. I did learn that today. She's trans. So her name is Kim P. Her name is trans, and she has a song called Coconut. That's it. Google that it. was a cute bop. visuals. It was the unexpected bop. We sang coconut so much. <laughs> a member of our group stormed off because he fell asleep and we he woke did. him up twice. First of all, why are you sleeping at the table? How about that? How about that? We love you, Jeffrey. We do love you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday. So, no, that was so much fun. Yeah. And I love that we walked away with some swag. We did, yes. What does, say, pillows. what does it say about us that we go to bougie events, but still want <laughs> <And> take souvenirs? <laughs> souvenirs implied, yeah, uh -huh, inferred uh -huh, souvenirs. That's it, uh -huh. You put your branding on something that's and it. leave it you in an open space. Take it. Yeah, it's mine. That's it. Uh huh. I went to this event with my friend Amy. I didn't go be Amy. I love you, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna shame you on this one. Uh oh. The most loving way. Amy and I went to this event. All these, you know, shiny people, as okay. I call people, yep. and we all stole the little spoons from dinner okay we have a little spoon thing do you still you liberate it no i love little I, spoons okay. like a teaspoon no the little baby cute spoons that when you go to bougie events you just have them in the drawer or something yeah oh i think oh wait a minute i think my tea is here hold on you guys we're getting a live call from i think postmates during <laughs> the show the show is called humanize okay and i'm a human being right now doing human shit i yeah i think my Delivery person and we should try to contact you. Yes, could somebody please get my tea for me? Thank you. Guys, this is so human. But what were we just talking about? Oh, the little spoons. The little spoons. I They're very she she. This one was dipped in gold with like oh. a little design on it. Okay. And I looked at her and she looked at me and I was like, It was a wrap. Yeah. Like, like, like the home spoon? goods commercial. Uh-huh. But she looked at me, I looked at her, but there was like four of the girls that were with us. We all took the little spoons home. And now when you look at them, they make you happy. 
It really does. I support that. Every time I eat from that little spoon, I think about that night. Okay. So that. is it stealing if there's no price tag and it's... <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I do. So I will... T my, my... What I have liberated before... Ooh, they're going to... I love the word liberated. Um, so you know the... Um, the little pandas that they serve, um, they had like chopstick holders. Yes. I have liberated a few of those. Really? Yeah. I'm going to add they that to my happy. list. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how far you get in life. There are just little things yeah. that feel better when they're free. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know what that says about us as people. Now, afterwards, we all went to go get drinks and some tapas. Uh-huh. And because you're extra bougie. Uh-huh. At the Ritz. Uh -huh. Oh, you can come in the frame and bring my tea. Thank you so much. Thank my tea you. is here, guys. So if anybody who's listening, who's not watching on YouTube, on oh, Patreon. Oh, don't show the Oh, well, it's fine. I mean, I think they all know where this yeah, is from. That. There's a conglomerate that has... Wait. Is that not your, the right order? I ordered one tea. They also sent me some water. Oh, that's thoughtful. Oh, they can feel that In a cute I little sippy cup. Oh, my God. I feel loved. My that? coconuts. Sorry, that song really is a bop. So afterwards, we went to go get drinks and tapas um, at the Ritz Carlton. Yes, because that's how you live your mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. at the Ritz. Mm -hmm. I giggle every time I say that. <laughs> David Johns is Doctor David Johns is staying at the Ritz Carlton. Uh -huh. It makes sense. We had a good time. What kind of time did you have at this this uh, turn up? Because we were the happy, loud black people uh -huh. in a room full of really shishi Ritz Carlton. Yeah, apparently somebody uh, made a comment about how loud our voices were, and I was like, "Look, we get, we get to take up space just like everybody else." We had a, I had a good time. Somebody made a comment. Yeah. Was it a complaint or a comment? Uh, but probably right down the middle. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Maybe an observation. An, an out loud observation? Yes. Uh, let's call it a complaint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're observing out loud and you're not happy. <laughs> okay. You're right. Words matter. That's what it is. Yeah, let's call it uh -huh. a complaint. Uh -huh. And one of the things I will say is I often feel judged for being a goofy, fun-loving intellectual. Because I feel like people sometimes feel let down that I'm not more serious mm. and more buttoned up mm -hmm. and more, you know, stuffy. Mm -hmm. To see that many brilliant people around us yesterday who were undeniably brilliant, but yeah. just as goofy as me, yeah. it was healing for me. Yeah, good times with good people, yep. You get to be smart and do the work and educate and, like, advocate. And have a good time. But still turn the fuck up. Yep. Without being judged. Yeah. Or you can judge, but I'm going to still do it anyway. I saw so many shades of the parts of me that I usually judged being applauded mm. yesterday. Oh, mm. I don't want to tear up. But it mm. felt so good, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I do have people. Yes. Like, I don't have to be othered as the, oh, you got a big personality. Yeah. It could just be a bunch of big energies taking up space and That's clapping it. for each other. That's it. Yeah. And there was somebody that we talked about. We will not mention this person's name okay. because they trigger you. They but <laughs> there was somebody that we know who takes like a lot of space yeah. who had judged you. Yeah. And I think this person felt the way that you and I had started hanging out. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to figure out why I felt more loyalty to you than to them, even though I've known them much longer, I realized it's because they only take yeah. and you give and receive. And I think there's something about your reciprocity that immediately makes me feel like whatever he does, I'm going to help him hide the body. I received that. Yes, thank you. For I, I love how yeah, you were like, you. yes, that's yes. exactly what I need. <laughs> now, you were there with your partner. 
Was it the first time that everybody had, like, were there people who had just meet, met him for the first time? Um, no, I think he met, yeah, no, everybody in that crew met him before, with the exception of Dr. Bailey, Van Bailey. We love Van Bailey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Van Van is the partner to Dr. Dr. Shania Thomas. Come on, doctor. How many doctors are going to come on this show? Dr. Yeah. Shania Thomas came on a previous show and Van was here supporting yes. as like, the you know, the audience. I love it. Yes. I love their love. I love seeing ethically non-monogamous black queer couples celebrated in spaces where yeah. they don't have to hide their love. Or shrink or, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was so good. But here's the here's where things go from being a love fest to being the tea, honey. Let's go. So after you left, a couple of us stayed behind. Mm-hmm. It was me, my female friend, mm-hmm. and her male companion. Mm-hmm. And if she sees this episode, I'm going to sit in what I'm saying. Yes, as you should. The show's called Humanize. And part of being a podcaster, part of being a media personality that I've learned is your life is become becomes your content. Yep. And so you have to figure out how to be authentic to yourself while not, how do I say, putting people out there. Yeah. So I'm not going to use any names. Yep. After you guys left, it was the three of us. You went back to your room at the Ritz. He's so bougie. And it was also late. I was tired. Yeah, it was like 1230 when you Uh left. And I should have left too. And the waitress comes over and says, "Um, the next round of drinks, there are two gentlemen who would like to buy drinks for all of you. Work. Including our male companion. Work. And I was like, okay. And we were like, who? Because you also can't send drinks to just one person in the party or two people in the party. You got to buy everybody drinks. Right. It's just etiquette. And because my friend was peacocking last night my first that was my first thought like oh whoever wanted to send her a drink was probably just like making sure to be nice because include the guy even because people don't like to you know some men do not like to buy drinks for the guy in the group they shouldn't be buying drinks exactly so i'm like whoever this is has good home training because they bought it for all three of us second round they were like you can have another one i said now hold up now my husband could be doing this who is this (laughs) and she said well the person who it is wants you to know that they're, they want to know if both of you are single. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, oh, it's not just the peacock. Right. My drunk self right. cackling uh-huh. in the corner. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, oh, okay, this is cute. Yes, it, it is cute. This uh-huh. is very cute. Uh-huh. And I prayed on this, so I received it immediately. As you should. I didn't find, I was like, oh, why is this happening? I was like, no, honey, thank you. Yep. Jesus, God, Yahweh, Allah, all of y'all. Mm-hmm. You showed up Buddha, thank you. So we finally realized, we, we figured out who it was. Okay. I say, hey, sis, um, we should probably have the waitress ha- like bring them over. She's like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll bring them over myself. She brings them over. They're very cute, but young. Okay. Now you know what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping into my cougar phase of uh, life. Listen, work it. Work it out. One of them looks like baby Drake. Oh. And he's talking about all the Drake-like things he does. Okay. The other one is a sweet single father. We talking about like Aubrey in the show or like Drake now as a like full grown man? I mean, like he's, he kind of like he could be Drake's cousin okay. and okay. also works with celebrities. Okay. So it was all very, you know, okay. OVO. If he told me right now he worked with Drake, I'd believe him. Be, okay. <laughs> like they look like they really could be related. Okay. And the other one was like this more quieter, chill, um, like single dad who is a counselor and works with kids. And I'm like, Love mental it. health yep. very sweet yep. clearly this very one's for shiny. me okay so there's two shiny ones and the two we like to help people yep. ones yep. we're all talking 
And at one point, I realized that my friend's male companion feels away because he likes her. Right. But she's clearly talking to the men who have bought us drinks. Mm -hmm. So my first thought is, damn, I feel bad for her because she got to juggle the one that isn't and the one that could be about that? at the same time. How about that? I'm happy. I just got the cutie in front of me. <laughs> I got one job and right. I'm going to do it. Right. So we're talking. He's pulling out pictures of his daughter. I'm like, this is a cute mm -hmm. moment for us. Okay. The minute my friend's male companion gets up to leave... She ignores Drake mm -hmm. Light, mm -hmm. turns to the guy that I thought I was vibing mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. and nurturer. says, you're so attractive. I usually like men as young as you, but take my number before I change my mind. Messy. Now, is it messy, though? Yes. My first it's thought rude. was. It's disrespectful. It's selfish. It is. Okay, so this is where we're going to play devil's advocate. Oh, uh, why the devil don't need an advocate? <laughs> <laughs> My first thought was, sis, he's the only one I've been talking to this entire time. Why wouldn't you do like a check-in or, hey, girl, you want to go to the bathroom? Right. So we could confer, like, which one are you liking? Like, Rude. whatever. Something to that effect, right? But what also struck me was it never occurred to her that I was an option. She moved that night as if there were three men that were available to her. And she had to figure out which one she wanted. Yeah. Even though another single woman well, I, was sitting I, right next to her. And it felt it feels like in this moment she didn't or, or did not need to do the labor to figure out which one she wanted. She wanted all of them. Wait. You're right. She wasn't choosing. She wanted all of them. Oh wow. So what is the teachable moment here? Because I I went home last night feeling very like. I made a, a connection with someone that I enjoyed, even if he was just being polite to me and hadn't decided which one of us he wanted yeah. or he liked her, but realized that she had her hands full. Right. We were still connecting in a way where for you to interlope, why wasn't I considered? Right. So it was, it was lack of consideration. How did he respond to her? Did he give, get her number? At first she was taken aback. And then she was like, take my number before I change my mind. And she was being very assertive. Okay. And his eyes glanced at me and I had shut down. Because I shut, I, I shut down. I was so stunned. That makes me sad. Yeah, I was so stunned that I immediately went quiet. And people don't think that I can be quiet. I have a very heavy-handed, shy streak. So I was like, oh. And I'm just watching it. So I didn't even react. And then she was like, come on, stop playing. Like, And so he was like, okay, give the phone, take the number. And I'm like, once you've done that, I'm out now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to. Whatever was about to happen or was happening, I now can't do it because you've hand like you've literally told this man to hand you his phone to give you yeah, something. And I wish he would have said, No, I'm good, sis. You're right. I wish that had happened as well. And then so we all leave, and her companion is now being ignored the entire time. Guy one. Yeah, the guy mm -hmm. that she came with is being mm -hmm. ignored. Um, he leaves without saying goodbye. And she's like, Let's go to the next spot. I was like, guys, I have to go. Not only do I have to go, I now don't trust myself in my drunken state to not be the old me and say, what in the fuck are you doing, right? Why didn't you? Because um, I'm zero to 100. It's like either Zen or Tupac. Get it. Like, get it. so I don't want to be outside the Ritz. <laughs> Taurus energy. I'm a Taurus, gang, gang, okay? Mm -hmm. There's red and there's not red. Mm -hmm. There's no colors in between. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to keep it cute. You've already exchanged numbers. So what am I fighting for? I don't know. If, uh, I, uh, yes, and I wouldn't invite you to fight, right? Right. Um, not over a man. I'm not fighting over a man. Th that, and, but but just questions about the friendship. Yeah, well, we're friends that hang out to party. Like, we always hang out. Happy hours. We are party friends. So I, I don't think 
we've had the, like the deep conversation that maybe would have made her think more of it, but I could have been making excuses as well. That's what it feels like, friend. Because I'm prone to that. <clears throat> That's because... what it feels like. So at the end of the night, she's saying, let's go out. I'm saying, hell no, nah, I'm not going out. She said, do you want to go out? I said, there's 100% chance I'm not going anywhere else with you guys. That was the spiciest thing I said. I was 100% clear. And he said, well, we're going to, I want you to come out. He said he wanted me to come with him. Guy one or guy three? No, guy. her guy left. left. The guy that I liked that she had poached said, I want you to come. I said, absolutely not. I'm not third wheeling. And where was Drake? He left at this point. Drake had left too. Okay. All the men she discarded left and the guy that I like was the only one left. Mm. And so she was like, well, let's go then. Like to him. And he's like, no, I'm going to wait for your friend to get in an Uber first before we leave. So I was like, all right. And at that moment I said, hey, you know what? You seem really cool. Let's exchange Instagrams. We exchange IG. check his stories. Did they go out? We'll get into that off camera. Okay. So he walked me to the Uber. He put he was very chivalrous. Yeah. When I tell you everything on my list, cute, chocolate, paternal, just no boundaries. emotionally intelligent. But I, I do I do think though, because he was younger, men in their early 30s are a little bit They move different. They don't they seen assertive, attractive woman saying, take my number. They're like, okay. The other one's not saying anything. Mm. So not to make excuses for him either, but most of my nice guy friends would have done the same thing. And then he said goodbye, and then she dragged him off like by the by the elbow, and they left. Was she wrong? Is the question? Yes, absolutely. David, there's no room where she just didn't know what she was doing. Possibly, and she was still wrong. Explain, elaborate, because there's gonna be somebody out there who thinks that she's the hot girl in her group, right? Who, in her mind, is making her other friend the sidekick, and who doesn't see anything wrong with not taking into account that two single women are in the in the equation. Yeah. So, at, at a minimum, she's selfish as shit. Oh, okay. Right. The, the lack of regard for consideration of acknowledgement of the fact that you were engaged in the conversation with this man makes her selfish. Okay. So at a minimum, she's selfish. And we have all have those moments. Like, nobody's being demonized. The show's called Humanized. Even good people can be selfish. No, most yeah. definitely. I mean, again, like... Um, I used to get frustrated when I was in DC because I would often get asked to like make job rec recommendations or references for folks. Right. And almost always when it was a black candidate, there was like this question of like, are they self-interested? I'm like, well, people are human. Everybody's self-interested. They do things that are in their own self-interest. Right. And so I want to be like, that for me is not the issue. The issue is that there was no regard for anyone else in that space. It was simply oh. all about her. There was no regard for guy number one. Any of them. They could have, it oh, feels like three. they're all inanimate objects. She's just shuffling through. So she's selfish. Right. It feels like she's an attention whore. Wow. These are words that I'm not brave enough to use. Okay. Yeah. And, at a minute, and she's not compassionate. You deserve better, friend. Okay. And the reason why I wanted to unpack this with you on the show is I think a lot of times on the show, people are used to me giving opinions on things. And one of the beauties maybe of me losing my voice, I was like, oh, I can actually have David unpack things. He's the perfect person to have laryngitis with. <laughs> <laughs> because you can almost take the reign of like, what went wrong and why did I walk away feeling icky? Because my only takeaway was I wasn't considered, yeah. which could be called selfish. Yeah. Now, I DM, he, he DM'd me, nice to meet you. Okay. I DM'd him, um, nice to meet you too. I hope you... Uh, made it to your 9 a.m. whatever. Okay. He was like, yeah, I made it just in time. She texted me, oh, I got him to go out for drinks with me. What are you doing today? And my first thought was, I can't. I don't have the bandwidth to... I'm not going to be fake and kiki about him. 
So for my own best interest, I'm not going to be asking about him. If they end up dating, I'm not going to be salty. But for me, I Are you better than me? I'd be like, y'all stay the hell away. <laughs> wait, I ain't wait. coming to the wedding. <laughs> I, y'all have kids. I ain't sending no gifts. You're such a Pisces. Listen. You're such a Pisces. How do you navigate when you were single now that you're no longer? Um, now that you're pre-married. <laughs> I've met Dre. You were pre-married, honey. Yeah. How did you navigate going out with other single friends, looking for people or on the out to mingle? And made sure that nobody was stepping on anybody's toes. Because that's what I think what happened. Me and a friend are having a moment of we're eligible and there's two single men. And she didn't know how to navigate having space for both of us. How did you navigate when you were single? Or was it, you know, first come, first serve, shit out of luck? No. um, So three things just came to mind. One is that um, most of my friends, not most, but many of my friends, let me not do it that way. It's it was hard for me, right? So when I'm out social and it's like a work professional thing, right. I'm only really thinking about work. Right? Even if somebody really hot came up to you, you had to be you had to like write a note like, do you like, <laughs> do you like me? Yes or no? Circle one like and slide it in my face. Like I've had people be like, did you not see or notice? Like no, it's like a oh it's, we have that in work, common. It's a it's a work thing. Yeah. Um, and I often met men via apps, right? So that makes so sense. it took the it, it, seldom was I in a space and had to negotiate that. The other thing is that like my friends, like other same gender loving men, like Mm -hmm. Jeff and I don't like the same guys. You don't? No. So that also makes it easier. I've never, I'm trying to think, I don't think that I've ever been in a space where, but but I think the other thing, Mm -hmm. if we were in a space and there was someone who was either flirting with both of us or whatever, we would have a conversation. They would, exactly, right? Like, let's go to the bathroom. I really thought let's she was going to gonna pull me aside thing. and be like, sis, which one do you like? Yeah. And we would have been like, damn, we both like the chocolate one. Let's what are we going to do? Let's flip a coin. Let's, or I, I, honestly, I would have been like, well, let's see who he gravitates towards. Because then I would have been on notice that she liked him too. And we would see what naturally happened. No, she liked herself. She didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, though, there was a moment where I said, hey, you know what? I'm leaving, but I want you to know your friend left. I think it was really unkind that you discarded him the minute these two guys came. So you might want to call him later because even though men try to act big and brave, they have feelings. Yeah. At that moment, Chocolate Kick Thunder over here says, yeah, I was thinking that too, actually. Even he chimed in. He was like, yeah, the way you discarded that brother was a lot. And she was like, screw him. He only likes white girls. And I was like, regardless of what his type was, the fact that a man came, came out, got out of bed yeah, to you come spend time with you, he still liked you enough to show up. Yeah, At least be kind to him while he's sharing space with you. And that's when the guy number three said, I really like the way you think. And I was like, yeah, we were having a great conversation before y'all exchanged phone numbers. Right, and interrupted it. So here's my... the um, Some women because, really don't think men have feelings. So I think there's some of that as well. Like in her mind, men are like fun play things. Possibly, but you aren't. So the thing I'm thinking about in this moment oh, is like, okay. I don't think that there's somebody who's going to say to her a version of what you s- said for him. Right. Acknowledging your feelings. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. And the struggle I'm having is like, how do you now share space with her going forward? To be continued. Okay. Unhumanized. Okay. okay. And this just shows you that dating is ghetto in L.A. It's ghetto in a lot of places, friend. There's, I said this before on the episode with Damage. There's pee in the dating pool. Yeah, I remember that. I like that. <laughs>
<laughs> the daddy boo has pee in it. I was so upset. Yeah, uh-huh. This is a perfect example. Yeah. Even when it's like, yes, finally. Have you considered ready. a matchmaker? Have we talked about that? I don't think we Yeah, about I just, I don't know. We'll discuss that. Okay. Maybe a matchmaker. But my dream is when I find my person is to have a travel buddy. I want my person to travel with me. Yeah. So you lived out a dream because you and your beloved yeah. traveled to Paris, London, and all the places in between. Yeah. Can you share with us what it was like? Considering you were single a, a, a few months ago to suddenly being in a pre-married relationship <laughs> in Paris with your beloved who's yeah. made it clear to all of us that you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Direct quote from Dre, guys. I believe it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, it was beautiful, right? Um, I have been blessed over the course of my lifetime and I have had some really amazing experiences mm -hmm. and see lots of the world. And... I, you know, I don't want to make this like into a movie moment, but there are mm -hmm. definitely flights that I've been on and have thought like, oh, this would be nice to do with somebody else. And so the, have, the same person I love have, you just that. <laughs> to have him and it was his first time in Paris. So like there was also this like childlike innocence. Like I in my mind, I'm now thinking about him seeing the guards change at Buckingham Palace. And he was just oh, giddy. Oh, I love right? that. And so there there are a part of it, I can imagine that like parents feel this as well, like when you watch your children experience something. So it was really beautiful to see. Was that shit in fraud or is that the other one? There's like a German word for like getting joy from watching. Someone oh, else. No, that's a new I'm, one for me. I'm going to look it up. I think sugar fraud is either the good one or the bad one. There's okay. also a word for getting joy from watching somebody else over. Uh, it's not that. He's very much though. No, no. Yes. But I, I want to make sure that sugar fraud isn't the bad one. Okay. But go ahead. Yes. You found for all this glee watching him be happy. Yeah. So that that was really beautiful. Um, And I also realized like if, if there was ever a question, I was like, oh, this is my person. Like we navigate well together. There was a point when we were sort of wandering around London and I was like, you and I could do amazing race and we will kill it. Okay, you are, we're related. <laughs> I used to always say, when I find my person, we're going to do the amazing yeah, race. We would do really well together. Isn't there something amazing about seeing the world as a single person and wishing you had your partner with you and then being able to actually experience that finally in a relationship yeah. that feels like it belongs to you? Yeah, especially because there was a while where I was like, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I might be doing this by myself. This commitment to wanting to love another Black man is going to make, make me single. but. The universe and the spirit gods have shown up and shown all the way out. Damn it. Oh, yeah, I was right. Shooting fraud is the mean one. What so does it say about our brains that we remember? The shooting fraud is when you get joy from seeing someone's um, pain. Oh, what is the happy along. one? Shooting fraud is the one that gets used the most. The, the mean one is the one that gets used the most. That makes sense. I'm going to look up the happy one. And what is it? Mitzi fraud? Lord. Yeah, I'm going to trust you because I don't know. Yeah, it's called midi fraud. Midi fraud means joy derived from joy of others. Yeah. Shouldn't fraud just sound sexier to say? It does. Why does pain always sound sexier? We're going to unpack that someday. Um, That's and actually a provocative question. It's true. I always say pain is sexy. Trauma is sexy. There are people who wear their trauma as a badge of honor. Do you know what I've been through? I'm like, yes, because you won't shut up about it. Then there's that. So how, <laughs> so, so, how, do, you, how do you hold space for trauma? as far as acknowledging what you've been through without feeding it as a pet. Lots of therapy. Lots of therapy. You are a succinct guest. Yeah. I love you. Lots of therapy. I think a lot of people need to go to therapy who don't know will know that they need to go to therapy. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I was watching Can't Cancel Pride was um, all these happy, shiny, successful LGBTQ plus people. Yeah. 
20, 30 years ago, I don't think we were allowed to be as out loud. Not a, So it's always interesting for me to come back home to do work because the life that I have now was not plausible. Yeah. Right? I even think about um, Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Maxine Waters chaired a, a pride parade in, I want to say Compton a couple years ago. Really? And it blew my mind, right? Like, I love I imagine Maxine. that the community, right? Because we've always been here. So I imagine that things were going on. I just wasn't aware of it. And I feel like in the last at least 10 years, socially, the velvet rope has been lifted. Yeah. Where like cis het people have said like, oh, you know, bring your gay, gay self on over. The challenge is that they put it, they close it right behind us and said, but your trans siblings can't come in here. Yeah. Non-binary folks can't come in here. So I celebrate that there has been significant marked progress and we still have a shit ton of work to do. Speaking of shit ton of work to do, this is the perfect segue to the conversation around this new ideology, well, this new rhetoric, and I'm using that word intentionally, that's come up ever since the thing that happened with the baby is, mm. oh, you can kill a black man, but you can't talk about the gays. Right. There's now becoming this conversation that's being spearheaded by a lot of popular black men that they feel like black lives are not being prioritized as much as the gay agenda. And the biggest blind spot for me is always, why are you acting like the, people can't be both? Right. For I some of us, the black been. agenda and the gay agenda are the same thing because yeah. we're both, right? Yeah. What do you have to say to those who say, and I've heard some of my favorite friends on their podcast say this, if they're watching, I'm not coming for your next, but they said, well, you know, we can't talk about the gays. It's becoming a thing where people are acting like gays are a mafia who no one can talk about and that they're just complaining for no reason. What is your response to that new frustration that is being directed towards the gay community? Right. So um, I'm like, I don't want to do the devil advocate thing. Um, three things come to mind. One is that there are a lot of people who are just tired. Yeah. Right. So much of my work as an advocate is trying to get people to increase their competence and compassion. And I know a number of people who will trip over the LGBTQIA plus acronym or right. avoid conversations because they don't want to misgender somebody. Or... When I say them to somebody, people start freaking out. I don't have it. I've been through COVID. I'm tired. I don't know what them is. Right. I'm used to he or she. I'm right. so like, they start freaking out. Right. And I'm just like, breathe. It's not right. So and this is also why I, I found myself pre um, Chappelle's most recent social commentary when he would talk about the alphabet people saying, look, I understand right. that this is a challenge and I'm going to add another one, right? Because I don't identify as gay, I identify as same gender loving and then go into all of the reasons why. So I say all of this to say that I understand that there is fatigue that some people have around us holding people responsible for making space for all of us. Mm -hmm. I think that's a part of it. The second part is that, and I've gotten uh, 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 pinged on Instagram for posting this often, but I'm like, cis hat men are the weakest link, right? Uh, uh, unpack that for us, because a lot of men are going to watch this and immediately freak out when they hear As that. As they should, right? Yeah. And here's what I mean by that. Um, men, especially Black men in this context, forget that they have so much privilege, yeah. So much privilege. They'll bring up like, no, look at Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown. They didn't have privilege. And I'm like, racism is only one of the systems that are built against us. And when it comes to sexism, honey, you're actually on the winning team on that one. Like there's there's different systems. Yeah. And you and you are, um, and it wasn't um Bell Hooks um 
but they are the closest to white men mm -hmm. in proximity on the social ladder, right? Mm -hmm. And and so a, a part of it for me is saying to some of them, just sit down and, and be quiet for a second, right? Mm -hmm. Like okay. so much of, of, of what you are upset about and what you feel you're losing mm -hmm. by, by other people saying, we're not going to wait, right? Like intersectionality means that we all have to get free at the same time. We can't do this like you get free first and you're going to come back for me. Like that's not how it works. In fact, that's how the system maintains itself. So some of it is yeah. like sit down. And then the third part I hope is that we can help people appreciate that the struggles are the same, right? Like the same people fighting for racial equity in our community have been the same people fighting for LGBTQIA plus equality. Mm -hmm. And if we step back and think about this is why I'm so excited about um, this Netflix project around Byron Rustin's life, right? Like the March on Washington and so many other marches. Wait, wait, the wait. World. The Netflix project around Byron Rustin, yeah. Explain. Because you know, I, I think that you are him reincarnated. Uh -oh. So I, explain yeah. to the audience what this is. Yeah, so this is the, the, the land that's playing. So Byron Rustin is the architect of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Literally the architect, the person who came up with the plans, who managed the logistics. Who's next to Martin in a bunch of the pictures. There's he, a lot of pictures of MLK where he's right next he to him. He is responsible for bringing and teaching so much that we attribute to King in part because Byron is erased. Right? Like he's he the same gender-loving black man. He's the same gender-loving black man mm -hmm. who was actually arrested for engaging in homophobia at the time. Engaging in homophobia? Or not engaging in homophobia, engaging in homosexual sex. Are you serious? Yeah. They, they arrested him for... Yeah. For consensual sex? Yes, it was, and pardoned posthumously, right? But he was erased. He was asked not to speak because he was queer. Wow. Uh, so in the same way that we sometimes will acknowledge the ways in which, in this space, Black men have relegated Black women to the side, we also have to acknowledge the ways in which queer, trans, non-binary folks have also been relegated, but they were there. They were there, yeah. They were there. Erasure is real, and it's so funny. I always say this, that equality feels like oppression to those who had privilege. Yeah. Because they feel like they're losing something, when in reality, they were getting something that they never earned ahead of everybody else. Yep. And so a lot of men who are recognizing that gay people and women and non-binary folks and all types of social misfits that used to be in the corner are coming out of the shadows, a lot of men, including black men, feel like they're the new minority right. just because everybody else gets to have what they've been taking for granted. Right. So it's like, what do you say? Or at least in theory. In yeah. theory. What do you say to the folks who were mourning Kevin Samuels because they were his devotees, because they felt like he was championing for men finally having a voice again? I'm not sure when they shut up, they ever shut up, but like, what do you say to the, all the folks who were so devastated by Kevin Samuels being lost because they thought that he was a champion for, for black masculinity? What I would like say question. to them is, um, do you have a mother? Oh, snap. <laughs> or a daughter okay. oh. or a sister or an aunt or a grandmother? Um, are there female identified people in your life that, that you actually love? And I'm why would you ask that question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it so much. Misplaced, you misplaced are so energy. amazing. Um, because that would, the answer to that question would allow me to, to, to then take the next step. If the, if the answer is no, mm -hmm. I don't, we're not having a conversation. Right. At, You're not at, equipped. And nothing for else to talk about. Right. If the answer is yes, then I want to unpack how it is that you can um, laud this man who has made a career most recently as a YouTuber, <laughs> 
disparaging women and black women in particular. But what about those who say he's telling it like it is and saying all the stuff that you woke folks don't want to say anymore? I don't. So that, that um, and this is probably my queerness with a capital Q. I don't understand that. I've never understood that. I just call bullshit. Really? Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't understand the, uh, and this came up again around uh, Chappelle's social commentary that like, I appreciate that person for saying the thing that we all, then just say it. Mm. My, and actually, the, the the thing that I've been struggling with is what's coming next. Yeah, that's true. Right? In a world where people saw Kevin Samuels being cruel at times and celebrated it, right? Yeah. Like and 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 you, I I would see some clips every now and again and and would often cringe like why why are women calling in? Like why are people engaging in this this conversation with him? I'm not naive, right? Like I grew up watching Jerry Springer, so I know there's something about what that does to to us. Mm -hmm. And I wish that people would be more critical of folks who intend on doing us harm. Also, too, I think sometimes when one thing res like um, resonates with us, we assume the source is full of more goodness. And so I would and sometimes people are just one hit wonder. Yeah, broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah. So there was a time where I saw a video of Kevin Samuels. The first one that actually went viral was he was telling this young lady that she was being a hypocrite because she had just started making money a year previously, but was being very condescending towards men who weren't making the amount of money she just started making like 10 minutes ago. Okay. And he was like, it's hypocritical of you that you just started making money, but that you are being this rigid about financial X, Y, and Z because there's a grace that people were showing you up until last year that you're now, the minute that you're, you, you've made it, F all you broke niggas, you know what right. I mean? And so in that moment, I was like, I do understand saying, hey, sometimes when we have a checklist for what we want, it's it's things that we're aspiring to have, right. but don't yet have. Right. And if you're asking your partner to show you some grace while you're climbing, you too have to show grace while they're climbing. Okay. And that moment, I was like, oh, I actually agree with that. It all went to shit after that, though. Yeah. And I think a lot of folks might have had moments with him where he said something that actually made sense. Right. And they took that as an excuse to let everything that he was saying fly. And, but when do we get to this point, right? Like, I, 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 um, I don't understand how we live in a world where Oprah has made her career showing up and being consistent. That's true. In the delivery of the content. That's true. And we want to afford similar social space to people who just don't. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. One hit wonders who get to leverage it and capitalize on it. Yeah. And also people are commodifying, breaking up the black family in a way that when I was younger, I thought that was like something that conspiracy theorists said. Yeah. But now that I'm watching social media, I'm like, oh my God, gender wars is clickbait when you look at urban media outlets and it's actually sexy because they know if they say something that makes men mad at women or vice versa, it's going to go viral. Especially if it's black folks. Yeah. Especially, especially if it's black people. And yeah. it makes me really, really sad. What do you say to those who say, um, why do we need Pride Month? Because then the gays won't shut up. Yeah, we were in London at the Tate Museum, one of the largest modern museums in the world. And there's a sign that I'll never forget that said, um, what do you call the picture? But what do you call if 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 February is Black History Month and June is Pride Month? What are the rest of the months in the year? And mm -hmm. the answer was discrimination. 
Oh, right? wow. And it made me appreciate because often in the same way that like there's usually an article that comes out in the fall right before it's time to go to school that asks the question like, do we need HBCUs? Right? Like yeah, j- just these things that, that come up. Yeah. Also feel like there's something to be said for symbolic recognition, mm-hmm. right? And June is important for Black folks in particular because not only is it Pride Month, it's Juneteenth. There's Juneteenth. It's also uh, Music History Month, yep. right? There's a, a cumulation of so many things that this goes back to what we we're just talking about. I think provide us with opportunities to realize that we're much more connected than we otherwise want to appreciate. Coretta, um, I had a lunch with Byron Allen once. And that was not a flex. But he told me that he was working with Coretta Scott King before she passed away. And she looked him in his face and admitted that she was going to be working on economic empowerment. And also I've heard that she was also going to be working with the LGBTQ community. In her mind, making sure that the Black community had money and resources and also helping Black gay community. In her heart was the next chapter of her her late husband's work. And so it's just so sad that so much of the intention got lost, right? This is the segue to speaking about intentions getting lost and movements being co-opted. Black Lives Matter was started by queer Black women. Actually, before we go on, Mm -hmm. this always gets me. The first person to tweet using Black Lives Matter as a Black Samuel loving man. Really? Yes. Dr. Marcus Anthony Hunter, professor at UCLA. You guys, I know you think I'm a know-it-all. I've never heard this before. He is the first person to tweet the term. Really? Now, let's be clear. Give the sisters a credit where it's due. The three sisters, Opal, Alicia, and Patrice, yeah. popularized it as a result of their organizing work. But the first person to use it is Dr. Hunter. Shout out to you, Dr. Hunter. We just learned something. You see how we're starting off Pride Month? I kind of love this. And, but, and, and Patrice, because she did an interview with Jason Lee that came out um, recently. And in the interview, she said that um, somebody had died unjustly. And I think it might have been Alicia who, or Opal, not, one of the other two, wrote. Alicia wrote it. Yeah, wrote Patrice a beautiful lo- love letter. Patrice read it and said, you said Black Lives Matter in this, this letter. Yeah. We need to put a hashtag on that and yeah. make it a thing. Yeah. And to see them organically with no guidance and then end up biting them in the ass, create this thing that the mainstream media later called a movement. And then to see them erased from the conversation, there's one part in the interview where she says, um, we didn't make Black Lives Matter about us until we were erased from the conversation. It wasn't until people were saying, MSNBC is doing a Black Lives Matter roundtable why are none of you there and why were none of you consulted? It wasn't until they started to get erased that they started realizing that them as black women doing what we often do, often do you know, I'm guilty of it, yeah. of I want to help everybody else. They helped everybody else to the point of getting erased themselves. And then when they got money, people expected them to take an oath of poverty. Yeah. And one of the most powerful questions that Jason asked was, how do you feel that people expect you to take an oath of poverty? And she said, you guys expect your leaders to die for you, yeah. but not be able to provide for their families. Yeah. And she was like, I bought a $500,000 house in Los Angeles. That's a shock for, a those living, home. <laughs> for those who live in, in middle America. 500K for a house in Los Angeles yeah. is a crack house yeah. in any other part of America. Yeah. So she bought three very inexpensive houses in the most one of the most expensive markets in the country. Yeah. 
And that was, we opted to say that she went on a real estate bender. Sweet, yeah. My question is, how do you feel? And her, she was gracious. And you always say I'm too gracious. I think she was in this point. She said, they didn't protect me as a black woman because I think black people in general don't know how to protect ourselves in general. Right. What do you say to people who come after BLM for the way that they handle their money in a way that it feels like they think that none of them should get paid for any of the work that they're doing? I think that's foolish. It's a great word. And um, it is important for us to heed history, right? What the, the line about we expect people to die has been borne out, right? Like Rosa Parks died broke, essentially, yeah. right? Like being supported by a white man. Bernice King is friends with Patrice. And Bernice said her daddy couldn't leave her nothing either. Like Martin Luther King wasn't able to leave his family a fortune for all his work either. Yeah. And and so, um, which is also when I think about it, right? Like th this came up years ago uh, with the reality show with the uh, preachers. Oh, yes, I remember um, that. Right. It was a cat daddy preachers in suits. <laughs> yeah, and old boy just got um, engaged. We can talk about that. Um, Oop. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> I brought, that came to mind because I think that I've had more conversations about pastors and whether or not they should be wealthy in mm -hmm. ways that are very much related to this, right? Like you, people should be able to do good work and live a good life at the same time. So I think Talk it's about foolish it. to have the expectation that people are going do movement work, literally put their bodies on the line mm -hmm. um, and not be able to live Eat. well. Like, you saying live well? A $500,000 house in Los Angeles is just eating. Yeah. And yeah. So, like, a part of me watching the interview, I will say the sensationalism of how it was packaged made me go, ooh, I hope she's not doing anything funny. Yeah. And then when I watched the whole interview and it listened to her do the timeline. She was a regular person who was starting a movement, had no advisors, and was finally told, hey, sis, now that you're making money from your eight other jobs, right. people act like she only had one job, right. from your book deal, from your speaking engagements, from all this Consulting, stuff, yeah. now that you have this, 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 this wealth that is you're accumulating from all your jobs, please invest it in real estate. Yeah. We tell black people all the time, people of color in general, invest in real estate, create generational wealth, be civic-minded, help your community, this black woman did all of that. Yeah. And it was weaponized against her yeah. to the point where now other black people don't trust her. Yeah. Why are we so quick to turn on each other when the right wing or anybody else makes us want to cannibalize each other? Like, why are we so quick to believe it? Is it the clickbait error? Is it crabs in a barrel? Like, it's probably see all of the above. Um, mm. It's traumatic slave syndrome. It's oh, wow. colonialism and capitalism Traumatic slave working syndrome. at the same time. Um, I think it's all of those. I, I I have also been fascinated by the many armchair coaches who talk about what they would have done if they were in that position. Right. They, Hindsight is 2020. Not only is it is it uh, 2020, but like there aren't blueprints for this kind of stuff, right? Really like are. Dr. King and Byron Rustin didn't have a blueprint for how to move through that moment in the movement. And there wasn't one before it was required for BLM to establish something to be able to use the funds and be more efficient. Right. And so some of this is about giving people grace. I think some of it is also acknowledging that the skills that they were required to deploy, most people don't have. Most people never will have. Yeah. Um, and I also hope that 
we as a community, this has come up for me recently, just watching this back and forth between Patrice and Candace Owens. I hope that we as a community find ways to protect Black women more. What was the back and forth between her and Candace Owens? So Candace Owens is doing a documentary on BLM and is essentially talking about oh, her commitment God. to exposing them. And maybe two weeks ago, Patrice did a live where she, it, it ended the live in tears saying that Candace Owens, she woke up to Candace Owens being outside her house, essentially saying, girl, come outside. Are you serious? Yes. You guys... Here's the thing that really breaks my heart. The world expects Black women to be mules. When the Democratic Party is screwing things up, here comes Stacey Abrams. When somebody's crying tears, here comes your big-breasted, chubby, mammy Black friend. Like, we're always supposed to be the saviors. But when it's time for us to receive, now nobody trusts us. There's not an expectation that you receive, right? This, uh, the but two- they're mistrustful of us receiving as if we don't deserve it because we can only give and not receive. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, you're not supposed to be human. This comes up a lot for me when I think about the the number of friends that I have who have had so many challenges just with their health, especially right. Black women trying to birth children, right? W- watched um, Serena's uh, Becoming Serena um, on the flight out here. So that's fresh in my mind. And the other thing that came up for me is my, so my dissertation for folks who don't know, I'm a sociologist. I study how white supremacy works in schools. And it was a study Dr. About, David Johns, guys. This <laughs> is not a, just two friends kicking, okay? It was a study about uh, the experiences of queer, so Black, queer, and trans middle and uh, high school students, public high school students in this country. One of my favorite findings, literally all of the interviews is that Black women are responsible for everything that's good in the world. The hardest thing about that in in context is that like, it was Black women who was standing the gap for my students or the babies is what I call them. And they themselves don't have support. That is what was interesting to me because when Jason asked her, why did you leave BLM? Why did you step down? She said, because they were going to murder me and there was no infrastructure to protect me. Yeah. And I have a six-year-old child yeah. and I don't want to leave my child without a mother. Yeah. And to think that BLM has become this highly marketed thing. There's t-shirts being sold everywhere. Yeah. Nobody was there to advise them to trademark it in time right. before it just became public domain. Right. Nobody, And then when she finally did get advice about how to handle her finances, we mad that she bought a cheap-ass house. Right. And so it's just one of those things where listening to her talk, it almost felt like how you must feel listening to me talk. I was like, you're showing your haters who almost got you killed way too much grace. Even now, she was showing so much grace because she just wants to be part of something good because being selfish isn't something that I think she's been taught. Yeah. How do we teach anybody who wants to be of service how to be selfish in a healthy way? Because I feel like you're very good about, you're the most generous person I know, but you don't come off like a martyr. You don't carry the spirit of a martyr. I'm going to tell you, friend, I know some martyrs. You do not move or walk around like a martyr. How do you keep that line of still feeling fed? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that I am clear about the assignment. Mm. I am loved and protected by guardian angels who give me what I need often before I need it. Oh. And it's it's purpose, right? Like I'm 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 clear about celebrating the privilege of being able to do this work. Speak and I'm also it. um thinking about like 
lessons learned from other folks. Just thinking even about um, the, the the point you were just making about Patrice, I was thinking about Tamika Mallory. And there was a while where she got a lot of criticism for her relationship with the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget uh, having a conversation with her about some of this. And her response was also protection, right? Like, too many of us offer ourselves up to the world without regard for safety. Yeah. And I want us to be better about that. And it was so crazy because when we were at the taping, they were talking about Billy Porter's book, Unprotected. Yeah. And I remember turning to you in the audience and said, and said, what an excellent title. Yeah. Because Unprotected pretty much sums up how I feel walking through the world. Yeah. And I'm constantly looking about how to protect everybody else. What advice, since we started off with us talking about the dating poaching thing, clearly yeah. I was unprotected last night, honey. Yes. If you were to give me advice as a friend, and I'm using myself as a sacrificial lamb because I feel like a lot of the people who listen to this show identify with me in ways that I sometimes don't even recognize. What advice would you give to me as somebody who's trying to learn about how to have a better self of self-preservation? Because I know how to set boundaries, right? Yeah. But I usually don't set boundaries until I've realized that something's gone left and now we have to set a boundary. But self-preservation is more of a lifestyle. Yeah. It's regardless of what's where you're in, you are walking around already in that safety bubble. What advice would you give me about how to get be better about self-preservation? First, I love the deep sigh though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm all, I'm often loath in the like, what advice would you give? Like I want to just acknowledge right. all that you do and all of the ways that you show up for so many people and just say thank you for that. Oh, friend. My desire for you is to be more selfish. I want you to go back to what we were starting. We talked about this earlier. I want you to be more selfish. And my hope is that your partner, who we're going to manifest, yes, we're manifesting. will do more of this blocking and tackling for you. And you did show up for me in the way that I realized that I need the person I'm with to show up. We were at a party and I was doing the thing that I do where I was like giving people free readings and whatever. And you were like, do you need water? Do we need to go? Like, what's going on? You're doing a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. There's a thing called human design. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, of course. I had mine done and the guy who was doing it said, so according to this, you don't know how to be selfish. I was like, it came up in my human design. Are you a manifesting generator? Do you know? Um, I think I'm a generator. Okay. I think I'm a, I think I'm a generator or a manifesting generator, but okay. there's generator in it. Yeah. Um, but the whatever the selfish thing was, my shit was empty. He was like, according to this, you have a you have a you might have a big presence, but you actually have a very small ego. Yeah. And I used to always tell people that that they think because you're loud, yeah. that you must be selfish. There are golden retrievers are loud yeah. and not selfish. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's my spirit animal, yeah. but like people mistake the boisterousness for selfishness. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. I, I uh, used to tell folks when I was in high school uh, that my being loud was about control. Wow. Yeah. How self-aware is that? Yeah. So like if, if I am on and curating, then I get to present in and what I choose to. And give a framework for what yeah. you want to. That is actually very smart. Yeah. And I learned about what's interesting is when Clubhouse was a thing is how I learned about human design. Shout out to my girl, Franny. Uh, she would host. Shout out to human design. That shit is very yeah. fascinating. And she would host. I mean, she still hosts regularly, I think three days a week on Clubhouse, but she would uh, host uh, Manifestation Monday, I want to say, is the name of the club. I'm going to check that out. And she had, I mean, they would go through it. And and the thing that I'll never forget, there was a um, AC Brown, who also has an amazing podcast, 
uh, was trying to help us understand the different design types. And Rihanna is also a manifesting, gener- a manifesting generator like, like I am. I think you are too. Oh my and God, me and Rihanna got something in common. Listen, this is a great way to end the show, by the way, Lord. And the thing that she, she told me, she was like, well, you know, uh, you have to be all in. You, like whatever you're doing, you have yeah. to be all in. And, and she was saying to me, like, this is also why you have to get over. You're not going to get an album. She was like, <laughs> she's not focused on that. She's building, you know, in, in other lanes, like let that go. And the lesson that I had to take from that was to not say, to not make a decision. I had to give myself a week because mm. I'll get excited about something. I'll talk myself into something and I can do it. Like I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I had to stop myself. And I did this for maybe 60 days. Um, I probably should bring that back. So then, then that's a big decision. You wait a week. Yeah. If I'm still as excited about it, then at the end of the week, then I uh, will say yes. Well, they say God protects babies and fools. I'm not sure which one I am, but there have been a couple of times where I've been out here and God has swooped in like, no, you're not. Yeah. Sometimes rejection is protection. Sometimes. Sometimes. So I've realized that there's some things that I prayed for that I didn't get. And yeah. later I was like, oh, why was I praying for that? Yeah. That was a hot mess. The last thing I want to say before we wrap up is... Pride Month, because we're in Pride Month, and we went to Can't Cancel Pride. I think that's going to be the, t- the title of the episode, Work. Can't Cancel Pride. For those who want to cancel cancel culture, my feedback has been, which a lot of people, you call canceling, we call accountability. Yeah. How would you call in people who are, to use your language, fatigued by the state of the world and all these new phrases and norms that are coming out. What would you say to somebody who wants to actually be an ally and be a decent human, but who's just really freaking tired and doesn't know where to start? Because a lot of people are going to hear us and be like, they sound like they're doing a lot. It sounds like mental gymnastics. I'm not sure I have the bandwidth to keep up with this new world we're in. Three things. Take a break. Mm. Right. Respite is important in this moment. I'm like recalling things from the Nat ministry and old girl who told us to go lay down. Yeah. Take a break. That's why I lost my voice. I need to go lay down. Right. And I did it. That's one. Two is before doing meaningful work to increase your competence, just start asking questions. Oh, ask first. Start asking questions. And some of them could even be a, a, about oneself. So I find it interesting that. There are so many people who are critical of queer folks, trans folks in particular, uh, finding ways to show up in the world that make them feel good Mm. and seldom question when a cis het person has plastic surgery or BBL or does whatever. Yeah. Right. Similarly, um, the there are 60 million children throughout the country who live in the 42 states where there have been anti-LGBTQ legislation either introduced or codified. Right. And so much of the focus recently has been around children. Like, it's inappropriate to introduce these things to children. I find those moments laughable when I think about the fact that we introduce kids to gender expectations and constructs well before they're born. Amen. She's so cute. That's your little girlfriend. We, but we do it all even the time. before that, yeah. the, right? Like think about how many people still have, I won't call them silly, but gender reveal parties yeah. where everything is reduced to a color. Yeah. And and it's simply not just a color because the color tells a whole story about the dreams that we then the connotations have for attached this to it. child, right? Yeah. Similarly, um, people get caught up on like to go back to the they and pronouns and names. And I find it interesting that, and I would say to people often, right? Like there's one way to refer to a grown boy. Mm-hmm. Like technically on like 
pieces of paper applications. He's a mister. Mm-hmm. There are three ways to refer to a grown girl. That's true. Miss M-I-S-S, Miss M-S, or Miss M-R-S. And each of those come with different designations politically, socially, economically. And they're all tied to one's relationship to a man. Yep. Presumably in a cisgender heterosexual relationship. But mister stands alone, yeah. Yeah. But all that is by design. Yeah. And so I... I I would invite folks who are tired to take the break and then just start being more critical about the world around you, the things that you otherwise take for granted. And then the third step to shift from being um, an an ally, um, and I hate the word ally. If I say to you, I'm an ally of, of purple people, what you know is that I'm not a purple person. True. It's othering. True, that's it's very not, true. It's not the goal, but it's othering. The other thing is that now people are like going to the store and buying their ally jersey mm-hmm. and wearing it. And they think because they watch RuPaul's Drag Race or they can quote a Todrick Hall song or they've donated <laughs> to HRC, right, that they are now an ally. The third part of this is becoming an active accomplice in Ooh. helping people get free. Active accomplice. I love that. And in that regard, there are organizations like NBJC. Mm-hmm. There are brilliant people who are out here living and teaching and learning. Hope Giselle, Ashley, uh, Marie uh, uh, Payton. Um, there are brilliant people who share so much. Dr. Van Bailey, who you can follow. You can find ways to support mm-hmm. their books. We talked about uh, Billy Porter's Unprotected. Janet Mock has a, a, a book that's been seminal. Um, There are resources that you can use. Robert Jones has a book called The Prophets that if you are. I've heard great things about that book. It's amazing. I say to everybody, if James Baldwin and Toni Morrison had a literary baby, it would be him. That is sexy and amazing as hell. So find the resource. All of this to say that there are resources that exist. So take the nap, start being critical, and then find things to feed you so you can increase your competence and compassion. David. You are amazing. Thanks, friend, as are you. I want to thank you and the National Black Justice Coalition for the work that you've done. I also want to thank anybody who has lasted this long hearing me squeak. This This interview was brought to you uh, by God. Yes. Chai lattes, uh, guzzling honey. Uh Shout out to Kess, my uh, facialist, who the reason why you say, look at me right now and I'm really shiny is because I just got a facial, so I'm not allowed to put anything on my pores for the next. Let's just can't breathe. I'm letting my skin breathe. That's one thing about being having makeup and being on camera all yeah, the time. Yeah. My skin had so much makeup in my pores. Yeah. That lady went, she went digging. Listen. Yeah. Um, but this is such a a, a gay conversation. <laughs> this is a, this is such a Pride Month conversation. Like, yes. No, lean in. let's not do that. No. But here's I, the thing. This is the thing here's the thing about about the, the LGBTQ plus community. One thing that I've learned from all marginalized communities is when you are othered, you've had no way to try to create beauty wherever you are. Yeah, that's true. And I do believe that the reason why so many people in our community are so good at creating beauty yeah. is because it wasn't built for them. Yeah. Like, we don't have beautiful things around us. Yeah. And so I think that stereotype that was supposed to be demeaning is in a weird way unintentionally acknowledging that we have to create beauty because y'all not going to make it for us. That's true. We have a partnership with Sephora that I'm super proud of. If Flex. you are in a New York Times Square area, go to the Sephora store and then look up and you'll see a quote from me about Pride Month. Um, they're You're super so important. I love you. But one of the reasons why I really love the partnership with Sephora is they have been intentional in acknowledging exactly that oh. and creating space for members of our community and all of our diversity to show up. 
uh, you see that? So super thoughtful. A detour about skincare. Yeah. Gonna turn and, into that. And the other thing that I think about is I have straight cis het male friends mm-hmm. who get their manicures and pedicures yep. regularly, who stay in a facialist, right? Who go to the spa. I convinced them we should get under eye cream. I mean, I was like a little bit of skincare, bro. That's it. So mm-hmm. I, I, let's let's normalize everybody being able to, you know, live well, look good, and be safe. You guys, this is what friendship looks like. Do you see how you just make me better, um, David? You're always a joy. And the next time I see you, feel free to bring Andre to sit in the audience and chill. I can just imagine the look baby. on his face if he was here. <laughs> he that's my baby. I love watching your love. Thank you. Um, it's very healing for me and I'm sure people who don't even think to mention it. And part of Pride Month for me is I want us to normalize letting everybody feel lovable. Yeah. That's what I want. You can't cancel Pride because I think a lot of times we make it political. Yeah. There's nothing more political than, than being desired and loved and feeling worthy. And to that point, that's why I use same gender loving. I say it all. I, I don't it. use gay because gay is not only a political identifier mm-hmm. used most often to benefit gay white men. This is in part why people are fatigued and feel like mm-hmm. you can't say nothing to them, right? Like that's the part I understand. The part that I want to recenter is that we're going to move away from all the deviancy, the negative stuff. People think about sex, they might think about HIV, and let's center love. That's the perfect note to end on. Let's censor love. You guys, this is Humanized. Thank you for rocking with us. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple and write a review because it helps the algorithm. Please share the show with a friend because I think for Pride Month in particular, there's going to be a bunch of people who agree and disagree with you. That's fine. Who still need to hear this. keep it cute. Keep it cute. Who needs to hear this conversation? David John's with the shits. So don't go on his page talking crazy because he might talk back. Oh, no, I will. Yeah, (laughs) I, I I will respond to the comments. And I also, I'm from Inglewood, California. I still fight. I love that. Censor yep. love. Yep. But I took a flight. <laughs> that part. <laughs> On that note, have a great Pride Month, guys. Bye. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.